Hello, how are you? How is your Friday going? If you're listening to this during the day that it's released, which is Friday, every Friday we have new content, uh, new episodes being released, um, usually around 9 a.m. Central Time. So, um, how are you? How are you doing? How has your week been? Uh, Is it better than last week? Are there more things to improve um, from where we were last week? Those are all questions that only you can answer. I can't help you with that. But um, my name is Drew, and this is the Between Me and Drew podcast. Um, I have the honor and privilege of owning and operating with an amazing group of people, uh, Clara Joyce Flowers. We are a specialty cut flower farm located in northwestern Illinois at the base of the Driftless region. Um, So we're kind of tucked on a hillside. And, um, I'm glad that you're here. So today we're going to be talking about growing dahlias at home. So I hope you are as excited about this as I am. And even if you're coming to this episode from more of a, uh, commercial production perspective, um, there are principles that it doesn't hurt to, to refresh your mind on. Um, also there are really good chances that, you might be able to use some of this information to either help your current customers if you sell tubers or to help your future customers. So um, the way that we're going to move through our time together is we're going to basically walk through the entirety of the growing season. So we'll start with the spring, we'll move into summer, and we'll finish up with fall and things to do at the end of the season and how you can store your tubers over the winter. So, um, let's get started because we've got some stuff to cover. Um, but we're going to start off with sourcing your plants and kind of, um, things that you should look for or know going into this. So one of the biggest things that I see when someone is new to growing dahlias is that there is a big difference between dahlias that are grown for bedding plants and dahlias that are grown for cut flowers. Um, Bedding dahlias used to almost exclusively be grown from seed, and dahlias that were grown from seed, you would commonly find them in like a four-pack or like a four-inch pot, um, and they would be very short. The flowers would be very small. The plant habit would be very short. Um, They'd been bred uh, to be that size. Um, in more recent years, but there's been a lot more, um, tissue culture done for dahlias and dahlia production, um, for kind of like a medium or like a pot size, um, dahlia plant. So the new pot size varieties would be roughly 18 to 24 inches in height. Um, they're getting a little bit taller rather than the old fashioned, um, miniature, um, dahlias that were very common, um, when it comes to the uh, bedding size or the pot size dahlias, um, you're going to see those more commonly referred to as like a series or a collection. Um, so there's like the gallery series, there's the art something series. Um, those are going to be your smaller, uh, more petite varieties. Um, when we're looking for uh, varieties of dahlias to use as cutting plants for cut flower production. Um, we're looking for a variety or a, a, a 
plant habit that's going to get quite large. Um, and we need that height on these dahlias uh, going into the growing season so that we can ensure that we'll have long stems. Um, when we're looking at um, like a, a wholesale list or uh, researching new varieties, I'm looking for an overall plant height that's going to be no less than 30 inches. Um, 30 is very much a necessity um, because our dahlias that we're growing in our field oftentimes will be shorter um, than what that listed height will be. And here is why. Um, our dahlias are being grown in full sun in a very windy, oftentimes windy location. So they're going to be um, more stout in plant habit as a result of their environment. So if you are planting, I don't want to get into this because we're going we're gonna to talk more about the sourcing or selecting your site in a little bit. So put a little uh, bookmark <laughs> on that sentence. Um, we definitely will come back to this. But when it comes to sourcing um, and you're sourcing for cut flowers because that's one of the beautiful um, things about dahlias is that they do make um, lovely lovely cut flowers um we're looking for height we're looking for the the appropriate color palette but we're also looking for quality and oftentimes quality will come um from a reputable tuber source and there are a lot of things that you need to be aware of when it comes to sourcing dahlia tubers um and i think one thing that you know you need to keep in mind is that you get what you pay for truly um honestly so if you're paying 329 at the clearance rack at Home Depot at the end of the season for some scraggly little um, dahlia clump. Um, you you should have uh, <laughs> appropriate expectations for that. Um, however, if you are purchasing from a farm that specializes in growing dahlias um, and they sell dahlia tubers, um, you might have a better chance at success. <laughs> um, some of the farms that we're going to talk about in uh, a minute are farms that I've purchased from in the past. I've had amazing experience with the quality. Um, the variety selection is lovely. They are tried and true varieties, um, that these farms offer, um, not only are many of these farms owned by people that I would consider my friends, um, but they're really spectacular business people in their business sense and what they stand for and, and things like that. Um, so first off is um, Daniel from Petal Pickers in Greenville, South Carolina, um, or outside of Greenville. Um, he has a fabulous selection of Dahlia tubers. Um, he's a really great guy. His husband, Wesley, um, has an amazing business as well, um, selling home decor, but, um, Daniel has lovely Delia tubers. Um, Sunny Meadows is next. They have amazing selection. And I think one of the other really lovely things about Sunny Meadows is they have such large volumes of the hard to find Delia tubers available. Um, Sunny Meadows definitely is a large-scale specialty cut farm, um, but they understand that, you know, in order to um, 
provide large volumes of flowers and also large volumes of dahlia tubers, you have to have the counts to facilitate that, the plant counts, and they truly do. Um, so love what they're doing, love their their uh, systems and their structure for crew and employment, and I think that they run a, a fabulous operation. Um, Tiny Hearts Farm is another one that I've had really, really great success with. Um, I actually just ordered <laughs> some more Delia tubers from them. Um, so love them dearly. They are very reliable, um, big fans of Tiny Heart. Um, Michael from Summer Dreams is another really, really fabulous Delia tuber producer. Um, he's up in Michigan and Michael grows almost exclusively dahlias for production. Um, he also has peonies and some sunflowers as well, but um, dahlias were the kind of the hook for Michael and he does a fabulous job. Um, all of the tubers that Michael sells are incredibly clean and they are beautiful, beautiful tubers. Um, he does a very, very good job. Um, so he, yeah, hands down, fabulous. Um, and the last one is us because we, uh, <laughs> I hate to say that we do an okay job, but I think that we do. Um, the vast, vast majority of the varieties that we sell are, um, really, really, really good for their color palettes because one of the interesting things about our Delia Tuber lineup is that we don't really offer tubers of a variety unless it's something that we grow for production. So if you're looking for an all-star white dahlia, what we offer for varieties that are available are things that we genuinely truly grow for production cuts here at the farm. Um, so if you're looking for a really beautiful, large-headed, white, showy dahlia, um, Snowbound is our go-to variety. If you're looking for a really beautiful uh, burgundy plum that's going to be covered in blooms, Ivanetti is the variety that we have. Um, so we've catered and you know kind of curated our offerings to that productivity perspective. Um, so regardless of whether you're growing dahlias for the actual cuts or if you're growing them for a show as a show plant in your garden, um, there's lots and lots of great options. I do want to kind of go back to um, what I said earlier about getting dahlias from the large box store. And I think there's something that we need to kind of touch base on. Um, a lot of times when you buy dahlia tubers from a specialty or a small farm, you are, you are purchasing a single tuber, okay? And that is much different rather than if you were to purchase from a box store. And here's why. When you are buying a dahlia plant, um, or a root, I should say, from Lowe's, okay, it'll be in a bag, maybe with some peat moss or wood chips and a cute little picture on the tag. What is actually inside of that bag is what we would consider a Dutch clump. And that is actually the entire root structure of that plant that was grown. So when dahlias are grown for production in Holland or wherever they're originating um, from a, a production farm, they're actually being grown from a rooted cutting. Um, so 
there are greenhouses filled with mother dahlia tubers that are being forced for cuttings, which is a very similar process to what we do here on our farm. Those cuttings are harvested, rooted, and then they're being planted, transplanted out into the field. As those dahlias are growing, they're producing a root system underneath the soil. That entire root system is then harvested at the end of the season, cleaned, processed, um, and then packaged. Nowhere in that process is it being divided. So what you are purchasing from a box store or from a wholesaler or whatever is not individual tubers. It is the entire clump. Sometimes you are able to divide those clumps down if there's been a full divide from that when that plant was growing. Other times, what's more common is you will be receiving a pot root. Um, a pot root is basically just like um, an engorged um, root structure. Um, so it's more of like a one uh, one bodied mass rather than a root system that will have you know tubers coming off of it. Um, if there do happen to be tubers coming off of that root mass, it is very, very common for them to be broken in transportation. That's not necessarily something you should freak out about because the eyes usually are still alive. It's just that the neck has been broken and frayed. Um, so you'll need to cut that off and plant that entire uh, pot root um, in your container or in your garden or whatever, um, which this goes back to, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, if you are purchasing from a small farm that has reputable um, varieties and and you know they've been around for a minute um you're going to receive something that is a little more or a little better taken care of we should say once you have your tuber selected whether it's you know a special variety or a special name to you where you like the color um next we need to select our site and when i said put a bookmark on the sentence regarding full sun we're gonna we're gonna go back to that bookmark right now. Um, dahlia growth habit is very much influenced by the environment that it is in, just like people. Okay, um, if you are planting your dahlia in a shady environment, it's going to get quite tall, oftentimes referred to as being leggy. Um, the reason is is that your dahlia will be stretching vertically towards the sun because they they need more sun um, so when we are planting our dahlias for production in our field they're being planted in a full sun environment um, i also mentioned that we have a pretty a fairly consistent wind or breeze in our field um, and that can oftentimes make your dahlias a little bit more stout as well because there is that constant breeze and that swaying motion um, happening. And with that is coming lignin production. Um, and that's going to make the, the stems um, stronger and in turn a little bit more stout. One thing to note too is that the more sun that you have your dahlias in um, can have an influence on the amount of blooms that is being produced. Only if only if you are maintaining some other factors that we're going to talk about in a minute. Because you need to think about if there's more sun and there's more water and there's more nutrient, that is more and that is, it, it is more, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's more, um, 
possible. That's not the word I want, but the word will come to me when I'm in bed tonight. Um, it's easier. Let's say that. It's easier for that plant to go through the production and the processes of chlorophyll with more sunlight, more water, and more nu nutrient. Um, and chlorophyll is what is essentially making that plant grow, okay? Um, that is its food. That is what is producing. Um, so more sun with the other goodies that we'll talk about in a minute um, is going to get you a more vigorous type of a more vigorous growth on your plant. Um, when we are selecting a site that might not be considered full sun or sun all day, all day sun, um, we're looking at a minimum of six hours. Um, I've seen people plant in spaces that maybe like four or five hours of direct sun and it works, yes, um, but really they do qu quite lovely in a um, very sunny or a, a six-hour minimum environment. Once you have your site, your environmental site selected, um, now we're going to start basically at ground zero or um, below the things that are pretty. So when we are talking about um, soil soils and soil composition, these are the things we should be thinking about. So number one, that is very, very important when it comes to working with Dahlia tubers um, especially, is that they really need warm soil at the time of planting. If your soil is very cold and wet, oftentimes you will have tubers actually rot in the ground and not even grow. And that's um, because there's not enough oxygen available to the tuber. Um, it's essentially it's suffocating um, and it, it, it dies. So in order to not have that problem, um, you need to begin the growing season with warm soil. So that might mean not planting your tubers when everybody else does. And that's totally fine, okay? Um, more often than not, you're still going to have plenty and uh, plenty enough time in the season to have, you know, enough daylight and enough day counts um, to receive a, a plant that will, or grow a plant that will reach full maturity. So you're going to be fine. Um, just be patient and wait for your soil to warm up. Um, when it comes to the actual uh, consistency and texture of your soil, um, if you caught the line that I just said about not enough oxygen available to your tuber when it's growing initially, um, is you that's that's very important. Um, and with oxygen content in or oxygen content comes from loose soil. So the looser your soil, the more organic matter with your soil, um, the more drainage that your soil naturally ha naturally has. All of those things factor into the available oxygen supply um, that is readily available for your tuber, which is very, very crucial so that we don't have tubers rotting in the ground. Um, if you notice that your soil in your, your bed that you want to plant in or the area that you want to plant in is very dense or wet or heavy with clays, then we're going to need to amend that. Um, so that's not necessarily an issue. Um, you can amend with things like composts, um, leaf mulch, 
Uh, certain manures make great to amend with. Um, peat moss is another wonderful uh, tool to use. Um, so there's lots and lots of different things that you can do to um, make sure that your soil is nice and loose. Um, episode 20 talks about uh, specific soil composition. So I think that if you've got lots of questions on um, soil in particular, go ahead and, and uh, jump back and listen to that episode because there's lots and lots of information uh, in regards to how to figure out if your soil is heavy in clays by doing different tests that you can do just with your hands. Um, and you can figure that out on your own with a little bit of um, hands-on experience, we'll say. The other thing to keep in mind with um, soil that is a little bit of, of a balancing act is you do need somewhat consistent moisture. Um, and there's a difference between moisture and wet, okay? When we say wet, we're talking like mud almost. But when we reference moisture, we're talking about um, soil that you can, you know, work in your hands and it doesn't turn into a big muddy ball. Um, when you, you know, take a small little scoop of moist soil, it should naturally crumble or fall apart in your hands. It shouldn't be one big massive glob. If it's a big massive glob, then you need to wait. <laughs> it is very much too wet. You're going to have problems um, and let that dry out on its own, both through gravity and water moving through the soil, but also through evaporation. Um, so consistent moisture is important, but wet is more detrimental to the situation. Once your site is ready and your soil is nice and loose and you've got lovely texture and consistent moisture, it's time to plant. Okay. I know here on our farm and in our area, we usually shoot to plant our dahlia tubers the week to two weeks after Mother's Day. Um, so that's tail end of May. Um, we found that over the years, our soil is usually nice and loose at that point in the season. Um, all of the moisture that's come from the snow from the previous winter um, has more or less evaporated or moved through the soil. Um, the soil is nice and warm at that point, um, and it's got a great texture after we've um, cultivated and, and rototilled that soil. Um, in a garden setting in particular, um, if it's not convenient for you to rototill or, you know, put a lot of work, physical work into your soil um, and, and tilling it, um, you don't have to have to do that part. If, if that's not an option for you, what you're going to be relying on is working in more of those organic matters and the composts and things like that just with a shovel or a small trowel. Um, and oftentimes you can do that at the time of planting. When you are ready to plant, um, what you're going to need to do is um, plant your dahlia tubers four to six inches deep um, so that you're going to you know, make a small little ditch or hole um, with a, a trowel or a shovel, and you're going to lay your dahlia tuber horizontally. And this is important, okay? Um, dahlia tubers are formed almost like fancy sweet potatoes. Um, they are more elongated in shape, and on one end of that dahlia tuber will be an eye, okay? At the time of planting, it is not crucial for you to have your eye on the right side or the left side. doesn't matter. 
What is important is that you plant your dahlia tuber in the hole horizontally. So the tuber is laying flat on its side in the bottom of the hole. Okay, Not up and down, not at an angle. It needs to be flat. Um, here is why. I've seen people plant their dahlia tuber vertically with the eye facing upward. And if it doesn't get eaten off by some sort of animal, because part of it will be sticking out of the ground, um, and it does grow, the point that the eye is growing from and turning into that the new plant is going to be very, very brittle and weak. And more times than not, it's going to break off uh, once it reaches mid maturity in at the night during the night during a storm, um, and that plant is going to die. Okay, so that's option number one. If you don't do this right, option number two, if you have the eye uh, facing down and you're planting vertically, now that eye has a long way to go in order for it to reach the surface of the soil. Okay. Um, so that's hurdle number one for that plant. But also hurdle number two is that the eye um, is just not going to form very well. It's going to have more competition because that tuber is more awkwardly placed. Um, the way that the new tubers will kind of emerge from that original crown is going to be a little bit more awkward too. Will it grow? Yes. Will it be stable? Yes. Is it the best case scenario? Probably not. Okay. Um, so horizontally is the best way to do it. Once you have your two replaced horizontal in your in your um, hole, you can cover that up with loose soil that um, has been amended if it's super heavy. Um, amendments that we've recommended with or amendments that we've recommended for this stage in the process again, your compost, peat moss, uh, mixing sand in sometimes is a great option too if you have problems with drainage um, and. Uh, perlite is another option to incorporate into your soil as well. Um, perlite is really great for uh, increasing aeration, which is very important uh, when we are planting a dormant tuber in the soil. Once you have your tuber planted, please do not water that tuber at all. Okay. The only time that you would be watering a dahlia tuber at this stage in the process is if you live in the desert or if you have a very severe drought that you're dealing with at that current moment. If there is moisture in your soil, you do not need to increase or introduce additional moisture or water at that time. You are only going to start to water when you see the new sprout emerge from the soil, okay? Within that dahlia tuber, there are lots and lots of carbohydrates and water storage uh, cells, and th those are there for a reason. Those are there to help that new eye turn into a sprout. So once you see that sprout emerge from the ground, then you know it's time to start to water. And again, it's very, very important during uh, the entire time of growing dahlias for the entirety of the season. You don't want mud. You need moist. You don't want you don't want sopping wet. You don't want a puddle. You don't want any of that. You need really great drainage. You want consistent moisture um, because those are the things that are going to be very important. 
you will notice that if you have too much moisture during the growing season, um, that when you go to dig up your dahlia tubers at the end of the year, you will have little tiny bumps all over the new tubers. Those little bumps are basically a survival tactic that your tuber has had to do. And those bumps are called lenticels. Okay, and these will actually form on the surface of the new tubers. And lenticels essentially are cell surface cells that are multiplying very, very quickly um, in an effort to make more surface area so that they can absorb um, more oxygen because there's not enough oxygen available um, because the soil is usually too wet. So you'll notice that at the end of the season. Um, one thing going back to when you see that that first sprout come out of the soil, um, it's very important um, to not let your soil dry out completely at that point in time either. Um, and here's why. And I, I learned this from Michael from Summer Dreams up in Michigan, but the majority of the tubers that your plant is going to produce during the growing season are initially set in the first 30 to 60 days of your tuber being in the ground after it's planted. So once he told me that, I was like, hmm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this. So during that 30 to 60 days of being planted, I've been out in the field digging up tubers to see where or what roots are being set. And it's very true. Um, during that first, that, that sweet spot in the beginning of the season, the roots that are coming from that new sprout are very thick, um, very tender sprouts, uh, uh, root sprouts. Um, and those are what will turn into your tubers for the next year. Um, and the reason you don't want to let it get too dry during that point in time is that um, the more moisture that is there, the thicker, the healthier, the all the good things that your tubers for the next year will be. If you have a very, or if you have a dry spell during that um, initial root set period, um, some of those roots might die back. They might be a little thinner because there's not as much moisture there. Um, all of those things are environmental and would play a role in how that tuber responds. So that's one other thing to keep in mind. Now we should note that there are there are varieties that just aren't super great tuber producers. So you could do everything the best that you can in regards to environment, and there will still be things that are beyond your control. And genetics is, quite frankly, one of those. Um, so keep that in the back of your mind as well. Once your plant is growing and is thriving and is doing lovely, there is one thing to keep in mind that you will need to do, and that is um, pinch your dahlia. Um, and when we say pinch, I oftentimes refer to this as something that is very necessary. And when we are growing for um, beautiful cut flower production and we want the long stems so that we can arrange them in a very nice arrangement to go on our dining room table or on uh, a lovely vase on our um, fireplace mantle or whatever the case may be. Um, or if you just want more flowers in general, this is something that you need to do. Um, we pinch our dahlias when they're between 10 to 12 inches in height. And what we'll do is we will remove the terminal bud. 
and the terminal bud is that um, basically the uppermost part of the dahlia um, that is turning into the new leaves, the new growth. Um, that's where kind of everything's happening. So when we remove that, whether it's you know pinching it out with our fingers or snapping it off because it's very water dense and it's got a great turgidity, it's very turgid, um, or cutting it with the shears, um, what we're doing is we're reassessing or reevaluating for the plant where it should put its focus. So instead of continuing to grow vertically with one very thick, thick stem, um, it's now going to bush out almost. So everywhere where a leaf joins that main stem, there that's a node section. And from that node section, you will have um, more stems come. And on those stems will be buds, and those will turn into flowers. And once you harvest the flowers, then you'll have another um, node section that will turn into another branch, and it will carry on from there. Um, however, there is one other thing that we need to keep in mind. Um, dahlias are a very large, large plant. And because they are quite large, they are very, very heavy because there is a lot of water in these plants. And believe it or not, water is heavy. So we have to provide support of some sort. Um, supporting dahlias in your flower beds could be um, something as simple as one of the old-fashioned tomato cages, the inverted cone style, which, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, those were originally designed for dahlia production. Um, I've, I read that somewhere years and years and years ago, and I actually spent 30 minutes in, um, before I recorded this episode and went through 17 pages of Google searches um, trying to find the article that I read that on, and I can't find it. So if someone knows... Um, if that's true or not, please let me know because I, I love that little tidbit. Um, but a, a, a tomato cage works lovely for supporting your dahlia plants. You can also use wooden stakes um, and ties to support your dahlias. Um, any sort of structure that will help hold up the branches um, or something that the plant can grow through um, is very, very crucial. When we do support our dahlias um, here at the farm, which we only really do in a greenhouse environment because the plants are uh, much more tender when they're being grown in a greenhouse, we are uh, placing a cage over the top of the dahlia bed, um, and the plants are growing through the cage. Um, so it's they're being held up in that regard. Um, but when you're growing in a garden, we really need to have some sort of support, um, almost as an insurance policy, almost. So that um, when those crazy summer storms start rolling through, we at least have some sort of lineup there to help our plants stay up. Yes, is it common for dahlias to be damaged in heavy storms? Absolutely, it is. Um, but fortunately, uh, because dahlias are such vigorous growers, um, if we have a branch that gets snapped off or you know blooms that get damaged or whatever the case is, all we have to do is cut that damaged part off and new growth will be abounding very, very quickly. Um, no worries there. Once your plant is in beautiful full bloom, um, please feel free to harvest and cut the flowers um, with abandon, okay? Um, take them in your home, please do. 
It's going to make you so much happier seeing beautiful flowers. Share them with your neighbors. Take them to church. Take them to ladies' group. Take them to the hardware store. I don't care what you do with them, but just don't let them waste away in your front yard. Um, it is best in our experience to harvest dahlias in the morning or in the evening, um, preferably not in the in the heat of the day. When you do harvest dahlias, you're going to want to use a, a sharp shear or knife of some sort so that you're not shredding that tissue um, when you're cutting that stem off of the plant. And you're going to want to put those into um, fresh, cool water too as well. Um, and, and as always with any fresh flower, make sure that you're removing any foliage that would be below the water line. Um, that foliage is just going to rot very quickly and make the water quite dirty. Um, so that's not going to be something that uh, is great for longevity of cut flowers. One thing to kind of note as well, um, and this we get this question all the time, what do I feed my dahlias with? And honestly, that's very dependent on um, your specific soil. Um, if you are amending with composts and manures and things like that, you probably aren't going to have to fertilize during the uh, middle of the season because there's plenty of nutrient in those amendments already. If you're not doing any of those composts or more uh, organic um, amendments to your soil, it might not be a bad idea to add like uh, a water-soluble fertilizer, like a, a general purpose miracle Grow or um, a triple seven or a triple ten fertilizer, um, something that will just give your plants a little boost kind of along the way. Um, if you have the option um, to be a little more specific in your fertilizer uh, regimens um, or options, um, if you're trying to fertilize during the middle of the growing season, so you might be seeing a few flowers on your plants already, you're going to want to use a fertilizer that does not have a high nitrogen content. So if we're looking at the fertilizer analysis or the nutrition analysis um, on a specific fertilizer, you're going to look for three numbers separated by dashes. Okay, um, The first number stands for nitrogen. So we want to see that as low um, as a number as possible, and we want to see the following two numbers, potassium and phosphorus, a little bit higher. So um, NPK is the ratio, or the way that those numbers are uh, represented. So we want our nitrogen level to be lower and the other two to be a little bit higher. Um, the reason is, is because nitrogen is a key factor for foliage production. So when we are having dahlias in bloom, we want them to focus on blooms, not just on uh, leaves. Um, so we're going to feed appropriately in regards to that. So keep that in mind as well. Once the fall cool temperatures um, have arrived and you experience your first frost, you're going to notice, or first killing frost, I should say, um, you're going to notice that you now um, have a very uh, peculiar um, pile of dead foliage that is kind of mushy. Um, because there is such immense amounts of water in dahlia tissue, they do not handle frosts very well at all. Um, so when they do get hit by a very heavy frost, they die almost immediately. Um, but that uh, kind of begins the process for next year at that point. So once your dahlia plant is, is now dead, um, 
you're going to remove your cage or whatever plant supports you had on there originally. Um, and you're going to cut off, not tear off, you're going to cut off um, the, the what was the stem at the surface of the soil, okay? Um, and then from there, you're going to take a, a shovel or more ideally, you will take a um, potato fork or a pitchfork of some sort um, and you're going to start to lift the dahlia tubers from the soil. Um, when you do this process, you need to make sure that the shovel or the fork or whatever it is as a tool that you're using, um, you need to make sure that you are penetrating the soil um, about 12 inches away from where that stem came from the soil. Because when your dahlia tuber that you planted makes new tubers and a new root system, um, it, it makes it in the more of a fan or a round shape if you're looking at it from a bird's eye view. So if you punch your shovel right in at the base of the stem, um, what you're going to do is basically chop your tubers up. And that's not what you want at all. Um, you want to gently lift from about 12 inches away all the way around um, your dahlia clump and gently lift it from the soil. That's best case scenario, okay? Yes, you're probably going to cut the end off of a dahlia tuber. It's not the end of the world. Um, and um, once you have that tuber lifted, what I do suggest is, especially for home gardeners, is to leave that soil intact. Don't wash it off. Don't shake it off. Don't do whatever. The reason you would want to leave soil on the surface of your dahlia tuber is that soil is really going to help hold in humidity and moisture during the storage process, which is very, very important. Um, storing dahlias over the winter oftentimes is the topic that we get the most questions on. People struggle with it the most out of any part of growing dahlias. So if you have a hard time with that, don't take it personal, okay? It happens to the best of us. But we have found that leaving that soil intact over the winter um, really, really does help in that process. Um, once you have your clump lifted from the soil, you're going to want to store that clump in a dark, cool environment with a relatively high ambient humidity. So this would be in a Rubbermaid container um, that's been filled with moistened wood chips, um, maybe with the lid on or off, depending on um, how wet the wood chips are. Um, and you would be storing this Rubbermaid tote maybe in your attached garage. Um, it's okay if the garage is not heated, um, as long as that garage doesn't necessarily freeze. Um, if that garage freezes, then this is, that is not an okay place for you to store your dahlia tubers, okay? Um, dahlia tubers cannot freeze. If they freeze, they turn to mush, just like the vegetative growth did, and then you get to start all over again. Um, so finding that sweet spot to store your dahlia tubers uh, can be a little bit of a trick as well. Um, sometimes I've seen or heard, heard people store them in um, crawl spaces, underneath their homes, um, store tubers in um, the beer fridge, in the garage. Um, you can find little nooks and crannies everywhere that kind of fit the requirements for dahlia tuber storage. 
once you successfully store your tubers over the winter months and you're ready to go again in the spring, um, what you're going to do is divide your dahlia if you want more of that variety, or you can just plant the whole clump over again. Um, if you want to divide your dahlia, um, you're going to need to do that with a little bit of care. Um, I have seen people divide with shovels. They'll just take their dahlia clump and cut it right on the middle and plant those two clumps. That works. Okay, and if that's your goal, go for it. Otherwise, there's a lot more detail that goes into it, and quite frankly, that is more than I can describe to you with my voice over this episode, so you're going to need to consult YouTube for that. Um, but this has uh, gotten you to that point, and now you can do the whole process over again. So I hope this has been beneficial for you. This has been kind of fun to um, approach the subject of growing dahlias uh, from a gardener's perspective, not necessarily from a production's perspective. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Um, as always, um, thank you for being here. I hope you've uh, found some benefit to this, and please do follow us on social media. Um, we're under Clara Joyce Flowers on both Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, we do post all of our farm details and what's happening on the farm on our social media pages so you can see when we plant our dahlia tubers, um, when we're you know starting to harvest, things like that. So you can compare that with your own plants that you're growing um, in your gardens. Um, if you have questions about today's episode or ideas for new topics, you can send me an email at drew at clairejoyceflowers.com. On our website, clairejoyceflowers.com, we have uh, merchandise, stickers, seeds, and so much more available per for purchase. We also sell all of our dahlia tubers and other assorted rooted cuttings um, on a pre-order basis, and those tubers are usually available um, starting during our fall launch, which happens usually the first weekend in October. So you're going to want to put a little reminder in your calendar for that. Um, once we get closer to that date, we obviously do talk about that, but we just want you to be aware. Um, and please, depending on your streaming platform for this episode, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast to be alerted when new episodes arrive. Um, just for uh, between you and I, um, and for your reference, we always have new episodes um, releasing every Friday at 9 a.m. Central Time, so you can uh, be prepared to check back for that one. Next week for episode 29, we're going to be talking about office help in the background. Um, that episode is actually called Angels in the Office. And um, if you are coming to this from a more of a, a business perspective, this has some tips and tricks that might uh, save you a little stress during the main growing season. So you're going to want to make sure that you stick around for episode 29. Until then, I hope you have a great rest of your day or week or wherever we're finding you, and I will talk to you soon. Bye!